You're tuned to Practical Solutions for Life. Life is full of changes, whether it be a new marriage, a new position, or saving for retirement. These all require a plan. Each week, we'll pick a topic such as wealth, health, or relationships. We'll talk about choices and solutions that will empower you to take charge. Feng Shui can help you get ahead. It's ethical, practical, and it works. Let's get back to basics so that you can move smoothly through life's challenges. Welcome to Practical Solutions for Life. I'm your host, Katherine Wilking. Good morning and welcome to Practical Solutions for Life. We're broadcasting live from Simcoe County in Ontario today, right on the shores of Lake Simcoe. It looks like spring is on its way. There's a little bit of snow on the ground and a lot of water to be drained. Hmm, has the muddy season come upon us already? <laughs> just like the weather, sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen in your day. Being prepared for life's adventures is an important step. I'm your host, Catherine Wilking, and I've got an exciting topic to share with you today, the power to be heard. Have you ever been told to sit down and shut up? Have you ever been stifled for words? Have you ever lost trust with your partner or your workplace confidant? Yeah, chances are you've lost your power the power to express opinions, suggestions, and fears. Our guest today, Michaela Kalichi, has a powerful story to tell you about losing her voice and hiding in shame, and then learn to thrive with courage. She's been on a lifeline journey to claim her own voice and influence others to stand up and shine. Finding her voice, Michaela reveals that it takes great courage and know-how to really own your value and communicate in a people Sorry, communicate in a way people will see you and hear you. She talks passionately about being seen and being heard. Are you hiding from thriving? Stay tuned to hear this amazing metamorphosis from mute to magnificent. A little more about our guest, Michaela Kilici, business navigator and award-winning business growth coach, self-leadership advocate and Forbes coach council member. Michaela has a relentless passion for helping people be seen and heard. Despite her successful business career, she's been on a lifelong journey of personal growth, which has allowed her to overcome deep emotional and psychological traumas. And over the past 17 years, she's coached and counseled hundreds of entrepreneurial-minded CEOs and business owners and take businesses to the next level of excellence. Michaela is a member of the Forbes Coach Council and is a contributing author in the best-selling book, Conscious Business. Welcome, Michaela. Hi, Catherine. Thank you Hi. so much. I'm delighted you could join us. Happy to for be you here. Listeners, with you. yeah, for you listeners, I met Michaela a few years ago through the eWomen Network. And when I heard her story, I could really resonate with it. And I know many of you listeners will also learn from her, too. Michaela, I know you're in Holland right now. This is great for a year. This is amazing to have this experience. Absolutely, absolutely. It's so great to to be able to work remotely from here, and you know, here we are speaking on the internet. I'm in Europe, and you're in Canada, and <laughs> what technology's like. You may be interested, Michael, who's been listening to the show in the past few weeks. Not only the U.S. and Canada, but uh, we're getting stats in from Ireland, China, uh, the U.K., Iraq, and France. So that's very exciting that the show is being popular in Europe as well. Since this is the Empowerment Show, Michaela, I ask all my guests to tell us a little bit about a turning point in their life and perhaps an aha moment. Would you care to tell us a little bit more about how you got to this point in life? Mm, Thanks for asking. I'd love to share a little bit about my personal story. Um, So it all started uh, in childhood. Um, My parents immigrated uh, separately from Italy to Canada in the 1950s, and they came in search of opportunity and a better life for themselves. And um, I grew up in a very traditional, patriarchal Italian home. My father, who was 5 foot 11 and 180 pounds, could really blow a fuse quite easily (laughs) uh, when he disapproved of something. Um, Like when I used to speak in English, and he used to say, parla in italiano, speak Italian. Um, And because of this, 
my mother was constantly walking on eggshells and she taught my sister and I to not upset your father. Um, and uh, I remember I was six years old and uh, eating dinner with my parents as we did every night uh, around the dinner table, big Italian family uh, dinner. And each night, like every other night, the dinner conversation ended up in some sort of an argument because I used to love asking questions and challenging my father's opinion um, a lot. And uh, my mother would kick me under the table and say, basta, enough. Um, and... To I'm sorry. <laughs> this sounds like my childhood too, but please continue. <laughs> you know, uh, exactly. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. And so um, I can't count the number of times that I was kicked in the shins under the table. And um, I was six years old. And I now, looking back on it now, I know that I, in that moment, a negative imprint must have landed in my brain. Um, and it told me that it was dangerous to talk. Because every time I spoke, bad things happened. So I spoke less and less and I guarded myself more and more until it really stunted my growth. And by the time I was eight years old, I developed a debilitating fear of speaking to the point where I stuttered quite a lot and could barely get the words out at some moments. And it was very frustrating for me as a, as a child, as you can imagine, extremely embarrassing. I remember one incident when I was about 10 years old, I was sitting with my nonna, my maternal grandma, grandmother. She was asking me a question, and as the words were stumbling out of my mouth, she said, but Jeff, as you could see, why do you do that? Kind of mimicking me with a sort of disapproving face. And uh, she said, stop doing that. That's not nice. And by, by not nice, what she meant was fibruta um, figura, which is a really important Italian cultural value which basically means what will people think if they hear you speak like that? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Italians, like other cultures I know, must at all times preserve, preserve that good face. And so, mm-hmm. and so that was a really, you know, difficult thing for me. I began to close myself off to the world around me and I didn't want anyone to find out this dirty little secret that I was imperfect. And so I did everything in my power to hide it, which meant I spoke less and less and I avoided speaking situations. I became a master at avoidance. And so um, as a child, you know, I would just constantly be either hiding in my room or, you know, I'd avoid picking up the phone. I'd sit at the back of the classroom. I'd pretending to be invisible. I would never put up my hand to volunteer for anything. Mm -hmm. And it's just this internal suffering that, that, you know, was causing my self-worth and self-confidence to do a complete nosedive. And I was really allowing this disability to dictate my life because my thoughts and my actions all revolved around hiding and keeping myself safe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You know, and as a child, I was miserable and frustrated and, you know, um, but, you know, I knew deep down inside that the stutter wasn't authentically who I was, which was that little seed that helped me uh, create change eventually. It wasn't until I entered into my adult years where I made a few pivotal choices that drastically changed the course of my life. Because mm-hmm. um, if I hadn't done that, I would have been living at home, hiding from the world. I don't know what kind of career I would be having. I don't know if I'd have friends. I mean, yeah. You know? So, um, so I'm going to ask you a question. When you do that hiding uh, game, I'm going to use the word game, uh, yeah. were you observing people or, or observing relationships or try, still trying to put the pieces together or were you sort of living with a big cloak over your head? That's a really good question. I mean, I think that um, part of me was very much in survival mode because mm-hmm. it was really all about calculating the danger zones and being really good at um, just observing, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, you know, I got really good at keeping quiet and listening and watching and I could see everything and I could, you know, I was a sensitive child as well. And so I got really good at being able to navigate that and, um, not only to keep myself safe, but then I was also extremely aware of various dynamics that were happening, even though at the time I probably didn't have a language for it, but I was definitely aware that something was strange. <laughs> so what was, the, what was the catalyst that just, when you decided enough, 
I'm going to take these steps forward in life or whatever to have to move out of the house to, you know, like what happened to, to get you to stand up and move forward? Yeah. So a couple of things happened. Um, I started to stand up for myself more. Um, you know, I didn't, I needed to get help. Everybody that was around me, my parents, my teachers, um, you know, they didn't think that I had a problem or at least they weren't supporting me to, to get help about this. It was kind mm-hmm. of ignored. ignored. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I decided to take steps forward to help myself, if you will. And so one of the greatest things that I did uh, when I was about 18 years old is I, I sought out a um, speech therapist. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the things that I decided I need to find somebody who can give me answers to why this is happening and how I can go about fixing it. And the only thing I could think of was a speech therapist. And so I basically looked, looked her up in the phone book mm-hmm. and that, that started, that started me off. And the reason why I did that was because I just hit a, a breaking point. And I think it was in, in college when I had to read aloud in class, read essays in class, and I was just, I was failing at that. And so I was just, I thought, this has got to stop. I mean, this is now preventing me from being successful in my life. And, and so it was that, uh, that motivation that got me to get help. So that was the big thing. Somebody heard you. Right. Yeah, somebody heard you, and that's uh, that's the big, big thing for sure. But uh, comparing people's struggles today to find their voice, like twenty years ago, I know uh, mental illness, for example, speech therapy, some a lot of these things were not even addressed. They were just, oh well, um, you know what? Go housewives that needed help. You know what? They they couldn't help the people that needed speech therapy. They started that early in the grade schools to help some of the kids but uh people talk about these things a little bit more um i have a similar story to share in uh michaela in my case i was compared to my siblings all the time they were all brilliant i was a b student but i just wasn't into studying all the time uh even though my siblings were academics geniuses i just wanted to get out there and see to do to go experience and uh didn't care to compete with them but i was told to sit up and shut down my entire life and as a result, I was labeled stupid. I was told I was stupid every day of my life until I moved out of the house. And that's not fair either. Nobody heard me. Nobody respected what I had to say. And the same things. The questions don't get answered. And you know what? It I just goes back to that time. You're talking about the dinner table and um, not being able to converse and find out about the world. And what am I supposed to be when I grow up? And that kind of stuff. So... When we don't have supports or guidance, it's easy to stop trying and fall uh, in through a cracks, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because the conversation just always seemed to be very one-sided. Mm-hmm. I was never really, you know, when you're not seen and when you're not heard or, or validated or reflected in the people that are supposed to be your primary caregivers and loving you the most, you know, even though they're doing the best they can. But as a child, you don't know that, right? And so it influences well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In my case, uh, it wasn't until I moved out of the house and into the working force that I realized, you know, I wasn't stupid. It, that was a huge, huge step. Uh, I got a job, a fulfilling job in a commission sales, believe it or not, making new friends and realized my worth that I could help people and people were listening to me. So that's a really big thing that's going on. But um do you think that the women's rights have changed these types of things, allowing men to have a voice? I believe that that has had a great influence. I mean, I think that today we have much more freedom than we mm-hmm. ever have before in history, you know, uh, where we can choose the roles that we want to play. And mm-hmm. we can, we can, we have a lot more choice in the life that we want to live. We, if we want to, be a mother and work, we can do both. Um, you know, if we don't want to be a mother, you know, we can, we can just work, we have choices. And, and so I believe we also have many more role models in this day and age, mm-hmm. uh, authors and influencers who have walked the path already, who could show us the way, 
and they give us that courage and that inspiration and motivation um, that we maybe didn't have uh, before. And we didn't, you know, it's a lot more accessible, I think, than choices. Yeah, I like that. I really like that word choices. I think we'll go with that. Uh, So now that we've established the why and what happens, uh, the power to be heard, stay tuned for ways we can fix this problem. We're going to have a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Catherine Wilking uses unique personal profiling and other feng shui tools in order to help you excel in all areas of life, wealth, health, relationships, and more. She offers face-to-face consultations through Skype or Zoom calls. She will set up your home office for success. Visit KatherineWilking.com and take advantage of the Home Harmony Package. Catherine would love to see your space and help find the right solutions for you. Check out other products and services at KatherineWilking.com. Catherine Wilking Designs is a counseling service with a difference. I'm Catherine Wilking. I use feng shui to help people achieve their goals. Are you having issues with your coworker or partner? Or perhaps life is beginning to spin out of control. Feng shui can help. Rearranging your space can always rearrange your life. Doesn't it make sense to set up your office, bedroom, and entire household for success every single day? Feng Shui never goes out of style. Visit my site, KatherineWilking.com, and let's get your space working for you. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are listening to practical solutions for life if you'd like to send a question or comment about our program please send an email to katherine at katherinewilking.com that's k-a-t-h-r-y-n at katherinewilking.com now back to practical solutions for life hi we're back we're talking with michaela kalichi today about the power to be heard A common problem these days is trying to find a balance. We need to express ourselves and we need to be heard, but we also need to learn how to listen. One of the quirks we talk about in feng shui is the fire people. This term is also used in Chinese medicine and relates to many, many things, including different personalities within the five elements. And this is one of my expertises. A fire person is an extrovert, bold, audacious, and out Oh, someone in your life. They love to shop, show off their bling, go to parties, and eager to take the spotlight. In fact, these people can be quite aggressive. But comparing these qualities I just described with an introvert, these fire-dominant personalities can seem very aggressive. However, to find your voice, one needs to work on confidence and self-esteem first. You just need to strive for a fire moment to be heard. If we don't have the confidence, we can't ask a question for being shut down. It's exactly what happened to you, Michaela. That's right. That's So learning to raise your hand and ask a question, directions or exposing yourself can be huge for both kids and adults who've been put down most of their lives. So having a fire moment doesn't mean you have to stay there. You don't have to be in front of the class for the whole day. It's stressful. But it's a way of thinking to assert yourself, to make a decision or a question, to clarify or add to a conversation. And when you get that information, you get a little bit more confidence. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely, Catherine. You got it. I believe that uh, confidence comes through action. And so if you can learn to make those intentional actions and they can be baby steps at first. Right, well, exactly, exactly. So how can we fix things? Uh, First of all, recognizing there's a problem, but there's also, you mentioned earlier, there's some type of bully that can make things even worse. Do you want to comment on that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, first narcissistic behaviors uh, earlier in the uh, when we chatted. So why don't we start with that? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so confidence, you know, as we say, comes from taking those actions, right? So, um, if we talk about what are some of the things that we can do to start addressing that is to think about some things that are maybe outside of your comfort zone that you can start doing to build your confidence muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for me, I took up flamenco dancing you know, on and performing on stage. Very uh, cool. You know, I was, uh, even though I started dancing at age 30 with extreme performance anxiety, um, it was something that I just, I knew that I needed to do. And so, um, you know, there's always help and support out there. And I think it's just really important to identify some of the things that might help you or nudge you in in the direction of getting a bit more confident with um, asserting yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't have, don't have to necessarily be combative against the people who are you know the fire people, um, but I think it is uh, really more about um, finding your way and learning how how to navigate those conversations. For sure, but it's also a sliding scale from being unable to speak, you know, in the first place to being uh, somebody who talks too much or more aggressive or uh, more narcissistic behavior on the other side. So, again, if you're looking at this whole scale from one side of just being so fearful to speak, that's a long line right there. You don't want to even put your toe in there. But I think the goal now is to stand up. And be outstanding. And then it builds confidence. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, you know, it's, it takes many, many steps to get to, you know, to, to, to really stand up and speak out. Like, for example, in my case, you know, I went from not speaking at not wanting to speak at all and hiding and having a speech impediment to speaking on stages, you know, mm-hmm. and speaking, you know, speaking to you right now on, you know, on radio. And there have been many decades <laughs> in between, you know, and, and many, many, a lot of work in between. And so I think it's a combination of understanding who you are and, you know, and what you need, getting support, whether it's through counseling or mentors or, you know, combination of those things. It's then doing doing things and taking steps forward, like, you know, speaking up or raising your hand to ask a question if you don't normally do that, or, um, you know, looking people in the eye rather than looking down all the time, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's those little steps um, to then, to then that creates momentum so that you can then get more uh, confident over time. Right. Right. So public speaking is a big goal uh, for you. And I know that you've done that. I've seen you and heard you talk uh, before and you seem to handle it okay. But again, for people, that seems to be, public speaking seems to be a real fear for people. And um, it's interesting to see that you've ended up where you have, for sure. But I also know that you've been, just like any other kid, myself being told to sit down and shut up. That's that's a form of bullying, and that takes away more power as well, too. How do you work with these people that are, that, uh, to set up these triggers for you? How do you, how do you deflect that? Uh, sorry, Catherine, can you, can you repeat that? If you if you if someone says something to you like um, I don't even something like I don't understand you does that re- does that bring a trigger back in your head that you still have trouble with speaking or oh, yeah. just learn to just slide back to the side? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, over time, those triggers and those traumas have been healed, you know, and and some Mm -hmm. of them are still healing. So it takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, in a lot of cases, when it's um, with family members, or, you know, with friends, I think it can be more difficult, because we're more emotionally, 
invested, especially with family. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so I think you know, with family, sure, those triggers um, can you know can be there, and sometimes they're they're really loud. Those triggers, and sometimes they're they're not as loud. Um, it really all depends on. For me, it's around you know, the personal work that I've done and that I continue to do so that I can heal some of that work. I mean, I feel like I've been reparenting myself for the past 35 plus years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, funny oh, though, you know, because even that word stupid, like we, we mentioned a bit earlier is I was very careful not to use that word with my children. I just thought that that was just one of the worst things that you can do is call your kids stupid. Uh, they're learning. Uh, they're like sponges. Uh, every day is a science experiment with them. Of course, they don't have all the answers. They want answers. And uh, so when I hear other people, you know, scolding their children and telling them they're stupid, I, I really do cringe and say, oh, boy, um, I hope that doesn't become a daily occurrence. But anyway, I just wanted to know that, yeah, that it, and all the listeners out there too, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to stand up and ask for help if you need that challenge to find your voice. But there's another thing going on here, though. When we're not heard and we're not seen, then people tend to react. They lash out, they make more choices and society has labeled perhaps like the troubled youth or the equivalent I think there's an awakening in those teen years when youth are trying to assert themselves uh, they're going to find out more about the world and often they're shut down do you want to comment on that yeah I mean that's that's a that's a tough one um I remember when I was a uh, teenager I essentially um was rebelling, you know, against my family. And mm-hmm. I think that that's very common um, because when we don't feel like we have a voice, we've got this anger and frustration that's built up inside of us and it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think, you know, that's a, you know, prime example. And, and so in my case, I ended up, I had a boyfriend that my father didn't approve of and he basically of said <laughs> <laughs> and um and uh my father basically said I was 18 years old and um he said it's my way or the highway you break up with him or you leave and so I packed up my uh glad bags full of clothing and I left and you know it it drastically changed the course of my life because I was enrolled in school in college full time and I had to quit because now I had to go and find a job to pay rent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you know then I went back to school later on and I did night school and I did you know that changed you know the trajectory of my life but and it was all because you know I didn't feel that I had a voice and didn't have a really have a good relationship, and so I couldn't we couldn't have a conversation about it. And so the only thing I thought I could do was just to to just I'm on my own. I I felt now I just need to yeah. Yeah. do things on my own. And I think that if I had had perhaps more support around me, or if I even knew. Uh, you know, um, at that age that I could get support, that there was somebody out there or something that could help me, I think that would have been helpful, you know. It's it's a lonely world out there. It's it's difficult, no doubt about it. I'm going to just bring back to the analogy about the fire people. Um, When we have different life cycles, we're moving from the children – being a growing, laughing, learning type uh, during grade school, high school. And they transfer, this has the life cycle works into the fire element. And the fire element is where everybody ends up in their teens because they're stepping out. They're asserting themselves, right? They're asking questions. They're making decisions about the future. Yeah, they're experimenting. They're partying a little hardy and, you know, breaking a few rules. They're challenging their family. And even though people complain about these, I'm going to use the word in brackets, teenagers here, it's a cycle that people have to go through in order to find themselves. It's like walking through fire. 
And when you're in that particular age, sometimes children grow up very quickly. They'll get through that fire stage very quickly. They already know what they want to do and be and grow. And there's other people that stay in that fire cycle for till they're 35 or 40 years old because they're growing up. They just haven't found themselves. And so going into this fire moment of finding the voice, in your case, it was stifled for so long. By 18, you needed a catalyst to get out there and and find those answers that you needed. So that's actually a really good analogy of trying to get through the fire. And to the other side, what comes after the fire fire cycle is earth, grounding, settling down, finding a solid job and a partner and, you know, you're a little more settled for life. So I think that that's amazing that we can talk about this finding your voice, which is exactly what's going on here. And I want to tell you a little bit here. We've got time. Uh, My stepchild that I raised, his mother died when he was six. And I met him just before he turned eight. And he was a shy little guy. And they all told me that anybody that's lost their mother at that age is going to be unbalanced and will never find themselves. And they didn't coddle him too much, but he still had chores. You know, he had to do things around. When he got old enough, he had to, his responsibility has turned to cut the lawn and it's time to clean up the kitchen and you give them chores and they learn uh, confidence. But was it interesting when he was in grade 10, he finally stepped over that line of I'm shy and I don't have a voice or anything to say. He finally stepped over that line and his cousins, God bless the cousins, right? They shaved his head into a mohawk, right? And all of a sudden, <laughs> I know, really, and um, stepped over that line and said, hey, look at me. Right, yeah. kind of standing taller. Um, then he got his eyebrow pierced, and that you know it was like, oh, when's this going to run its course? So I knew what was going on, even though I didn't really like it and uh, or didn't appreciate having this beautiful boy with his hair up like that end up being. But um, he was a nice guy. He wasn't into you know he wasn't stereotyped like a nasty you know beat people up kind of person he was just a very nice guy and he wanted to stand out and I sat across the dinner table from him for 11 months until he was ready to change his hair and um, grow up a little bit he was getting out of high school making decisions and he's a very successful paramedic in Toronto area at this point so it's kind of interesting being a parent who just kind of saw what was going to happen and allowed him to run his course. He still had to tell me where he was going and what he was doing, uh, but he was a good kid. I trusted him, and he made his own decisions. So that's kind of interesting that, again, that fire children, they've got to go through that cycle. So, Michaela, anything to add on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're right, Catherine, you know, with hindsight, you know, there is hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. When I look back on the situation with my parents, now if I if they had just let me run the course with the boyfriend and yeah. and what have you, then I think um, you know I would have probably you know broken up with him eventually. Um, the you know the unfortunate thing is that it was a it was a dysfunctional relationship, and I I stayed too long because I didn't feel that I had the support of the family. Denial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but I think that, you know, there is an individuation process that every child needs to go through in order to become an adult. And I think that's what we're talking about here. And I think it's really important, an important journey into really understanding knowing, understanding, and loving who you are. And it's going through that individuation process. And and you have to do that away from your, um, typically away from from your home, from your family home, so that you can figure out who you are as a person, not who you are being a daughter or a son, or, you know, who you are in relationship to other people, but just who you are as an individual. And, um, and so a lot of the times I find that it's, I feel like the greatest wounding that I had was my biggest gift, because if, if I didn't have that 
to force me to make a decision, to force me to leave the house and to force me to look for help, then, um, you know, I think things would have turned out a little bit differently. So sometimes we need those catalysts, even though they can be dark or or just unpleasant. um, I think they're necessary to create change. Uh, For sure. And you know what? We talk about balance and harmony. And you know what? If you're balanced and in harmony, uh, life can get pretty boring. (laughs) But you need the groundwork for sure in order to reach out and grow. And that's some other things we're going to talk about next. Michaela, we've covered a lot of ground so far and so much more to come. We still have to talk about workplace challenges. And you have to tell us how we can stay connected with you. So stay tuned, folks. We're going to take another short break. And you may need to take notes for this next segment. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Catherine Wilking uses unique personal profiling and other feng shui tools in order to help you excel in all areas of life, wealth, health, relationships, and more. She offers face-to-face consultations through Skype or Zoom calls. She will set up your home office for success. Visit KatherineWilking.com and take advantage of the Home Harmony Package. Catherine would love to see your space and help find the right solutions for you. Check out other products and services at KatherineWilking.com. Catherine Wilking Designs is a counseling service with a difference. I'm Catherine Wilking. I use feng shui to help people achieve their goals. Are you having issues with your coworker or partner? Or perhaps life is beginning to spin out of control. Feng shui can help. Rearranging your space can always rearrange your life. Doesn't it make sense to set up your office, bedroom, and entire household for success every single day? Feng Shui never goes out of style. Visit my site, KatherineWilking.com, and let's get your space working for you. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Practical Solutions for Life. If you'd like to send a question or comment about our program, please send an email to Catherine at KatherineWilking.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N at KatherineWilking.com. Now, back to Practical Solutions for Life. Hi, welcome back. We're talking with Michaela Kalichi, founder of Q Consulting. If you'd like to know more about Michaela and what she does, she'll be telling us a little bit about this, but you can check out her website, MichaelaKalichi.com. I'll spell that for you, M-I-C-H-E-L-A, that's Michaela, her last name, Kalichi, Q-U-I-L-I-C-I.com, MichaelaKalichi.com, so you can check her out when you're ready. Michaela, we're moving into workplace challenges right now, not necessarily introverts, but people who feel they're intimidated or bullied in the workplace and haven't found their voice. Yes, absolutely. That is a that is a big challenge <laughs> for a lot of people, considering we spent most of our lives in a work situation. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we could all get along? So yeah, would you exactly. like to just comment on that before we share a couple of stories here? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the most profound things uh, that I've learned over the years uh, through my studies and um, life experiences is to remember that we're always in choice. And I like how we talked about this earlier in the show, Catherine, and we are not victims. We might feel victimized by certain situations, but ultimately we have the power to choose. And um, one of my mentors once told me something that I always use as a framework. And he said, Michaela, we have three choices in every situation. One, accept it the way it is. Two, negotiate a change. Or three, walk away. And so basically, on a case-by-case basis, and depending on which option you choose, you know, you need to decide what your course of action will be after that. The first decision is typically the most difficult one. Should you accept it, negotiate a change, or walk away? And 
just to illustrate that, one time I was working uh, for an eight-figure marketing company as the director of uh, marketing, and I was managing a team. We were responsible for promoting and selling our products. And at one of the company-wide meetings, the CEO stood up and said that basically the reason why our company is failing is because the marketing department is broken. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember thinking, wow, I can't believe he just blamed the marketing department for what essentially was a business strategy fail on his part. He wasn't taking any personal responsibility as the leader of the company. And I knew that this kind of uh, shaming and blaming was not something that would change. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to remove myself from the negative situation because nothing that I could say or do would change things. So I left the company. I didn't have a job to go to next, but I took my chances because I didn't believe that I could negotiate a change and I didn't, uh, I wasn't willing to accept the blame for something that wasn't my department's fault. Um, and so I decided to, to leave. And ironically, later on, I found out that the company continued a slow decline and eventually disappeared. So I'm glad I listened to my own instincts and I got mm-hmm. off the sinking ship when I did. And I think it's important that we stay true to who we are and what's important to us. Obviously, we first have to understand what that is. And then you literally have three choices. And um, and it's it's about having the courage to make the choice and follow through. Interesting story and interesting. And it's, I wanted to share something with you. It's this problem can be found in many, many situations. And again, through the chain of command, I'll tell you, cause I've, I've done the same thing. It's like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And so bullied and intimidated to either sign a contract I didn't want to sign or um, just change the, change the original agreement we had. And, in just walk but here's another story here of again losing a voice uh, from my hubby Uh, he's an engineer he was in charge of a department of 20 plus people and he went down to HR to make a request for his team came back deflated embarrassed didn't accomplish what he wanted to do and uh, we talked about it later in the evening when he shared this with me turns out the gal from HR was into bodybuilding, you know, one of those serious enough to, com- to uh, train on her lunch hours and such. And this gal when, was wearing a slug top and was sleeveless and her muscles were bulging all out all over. <laughs> My husband didn't know where to look. Her boobs were in his face and there was so much, he was embarrassed. And he said to me, he says, you know, Kath, I don't look at the lady's boobs, but there was nowhere else to look. And, you know, all in the muscle, all that skin was a bitch for him for fear of being sexist or foolish. He just left. It was just too intimidating for him. So I immediately, of course, suggested he talk with HR and, you know, stand up, Stephen, go, go inquire about a proper dress code because you've got work to do. And he looked at me and said, uh, by the way, that woman is the head of HR. So what am I supposed to do here? So that's an interesting one, but uh, that's a new problem that's come up with our um, society. The fear imposed on men trying not to be sensitive, insensitive or sexist, and they're walking around on eggshells too. Many men in society lost their voice over something as little as just having a, a dress code problem. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's, it makes it, I think, uh, an interesting challenge when you have a situation like that with your boss, um, you know, and uh, I've got a similar story. Actually, I had yeah. a boss once who was a bully and very intimidating and uh, he had these crazy mood swings and one day he'd be happy, you know, jumping around the office and the next day he'd be angry and demanding. And he reminded me of this little belligerent child, honestly. And, mm-hmm. um, And he would purposefully sneak up behind me while I was working at my desk and start talking really loud and startle me out of my chair. Mm -hmm. I was was very sensitive and he knew how sensitive I was. was, I'm I'm sensitive to noise and I was just, I was jumpy around him and he knew that. And he used that against me. He was always teasing me. And I remember. (laughs) No, it wasn't at all. And it was, I was 
petrified of, you know, going into work every day and just, you know, I was walking on eggshells all the time. And I remember, okay, again, I thought, okay, this, here we go. What are the choices, right? And I thought, I, I need to do something about this. So I actually enrolled in a, a night class, mm-hmm. uh, a, a class called Assertiveness for Women. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember it was with the, with the local school board, just so that I could learn some tools and some language for how to better stand up to him mm-hmm. and voice my opinion and, and not feel shamed by him. Right. Wow, that's pretty cool too. And you know, that's yes, assertiveness training was was important uh, for us in our women's movement as well too. We're just going to move along a little bit here. Uh, we're talking about sales now. Introverts and extroverts are able to succeed in sales. Selling to the general public needs all types to fill the need, and we're selling something every single day. So I wanted to, Michaela, you have an amazing guide to help others who are seeking to grow their businesses, a guide for anyone to help successfully navigate sales and conversations, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you can do it. Tell us a bit more about this guide. Yeah, so the guide is called um, Stop Giving It Away and Start Getting Clients to Say Yes. And I wrote it based on the insights I learned over the years, being a business owner and being responsible for my own business development, um, the mistakes I made, the solutions I found. Um, Because when I first started out in business, funny enough, I didn't like uh, networking. I hated sales. (laughs) And, um, you know, and uh, and so and I thought what my business was going to grow just by you know, focusing on, you know, on, on marketing and not really talking to people. And so, um, and so it was, you know, I knew that there were other people that, that struggled from the same challenges and I had learned a lot to overcome all of that to grow a successful business. So it's all in the guide. Uh, many business owners have a challenge with sales, yet sales is the lifeblood of all organizations. So um, it's a practical guide. There's lots of tools and tips. There's a cheat sheet in there. Um, there's an agenda for how to successfully navigate this, the uh, sales conversation so that you're really um starting to magnetize buyers and feel confident in the value that you are bringing forward and offering people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a firm believer in scripts. I know you counsel that as well too, the selling process as well, because some of us want to uh, believe in the product and want to help and they wish to articulate the information and it's easy to get off topic and distracted. So they're a great help to get you back on track. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that really helped me, Um, you know, being somebody who is more of a thinker, I traditionally haven't been quick on my feet. um, Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I need time to process, I need time to think. And so scripts have been very helpful for me in my quest to reclaim my voice and use my voice more, is to create scripts for myself for various things. Um, whether it's standing up to people, speaking, you know, standing up to my parents, or whether it's having a courageous conversation with a partner, or whether, you know, with clients. In every situation, you can create a bit of a script for yourself. It's not that you're going to use it word for word, but it gives you a framework. It gives you something to think about so that you are speaking from your heart and from what's important to you. Um, because I find that the more I've really understood that, what's mm-hmm. important to me, and you know, the more I am confident in my words. So, um, so scripts I have found to be extremely helpful. Uh, agree, and I also once you start to read people, there's different scripts for different people. Because some people are all focused on the money, the money, the money, the guarantee, and these little black and white details. And other people want to know how much fun they can have with this product, right? They want they want you to paint a totally different picture here. And then there's another group that are looking for environmental type products or, you know, grass-fed cows and, and <laughs> different things like this too. They all have different focuses to get into that product. And you need to have your script and be flexible enough to deal with, with all these people. Yes, absolutely. 
absolutely. Very important. Well, we've just got a few minutes left. Is there anything we missed? Anything else you want to tell us? Um, well, let's see here. We talked about a lot today. Um, and uh, just wondering if it would be beneficial to share a little bit about um, how I work with people. Sure. I think that's right something. Ahead. Yeah. So, um, so there's something, you know, I've got a real passion for supporting business leaders to be seen and heard. And, it, and you know, you've heard the story now and uh, my personal story. And, and I just want to want to say that, you know, let's be honest, when we're not getting our voice or our message out into the world, we're not able to truly influence others or make an impact in our business and in our lives. And so, that's why I do what I do, and that's why, um, you know, it's really important to really um, do the work to find your voice and claim it and start using it and, and to really create your own success. Mm-hmm. And um, and so over the last many years, the focus of my practice has been to help business owners and growth stage entrepreneurs to overcome that plateau. And um, And some of it is mindset. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is strategy and systems and self-leadership and really stepping into who you are so you can authentically market and strategically grow your business with purpose and confidence. And, um, and so that is really what it's all about for me. And um, yeah, So you're offering a free guide on your website, too, to help business owners successfully navigate the sales conversation. Do you want to use a few lines on that one? Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's the guide we talked about earlier. So stop giving it all away and start getting clients to say yes. So you'll learn how to attract your ideal clients uh, without being salesy, uh, increase your conversion rates and, um, you know, simple questions to ask during the conversation, uh, sales conversation without selling whatsoever. Uh, awesome. So you can, yeah, get more details on my website and subscribe there. Oh, this is wonderful. So the guide is called, so just a reminder, stop giving it all away and start getting clients to say yes. And you can get more details again at MichaelaKalici.com slash say yes. So we've got that Michaela, M-I-C-H-E-L-A, Kalici, Q-U-I-L-I-C-I.com slash say yes. Thanks, Michaela, for being on the show today. The power to be heard. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun, Catherine. And thank you for all the work that you do to um, support people to um, get their message out there and tell stories and change the world. I'm here to change the world, too. And thank you to our listeners who joined us on Practical Solutions for Life. I personally wish you all to encourage you all to stand up, be heard, and be outstanding. Looking ahead next week, the Wealth Whisperer will be visiting with us. Wendy Tariff talks about an opportunity for you. For more information about me, pop on over to katherinewilking.com and pick up your free gift. Stay in touch so you won't miss an episode of Practical Solutions for Life on the Empowerment Channel with Voice America. I'll see you next week. Have a great week ahead. Thank you for tuning in this week to Practical Solutions for Life. Be sure to join Katherine Wilking for another amazing show next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, embrace the changes that are coming into your life and you too can have a great day.